Today is May 24th, 2019, and this is Friday's edition of On the Hop. Good morning, good morning, baseball enthusiasts. Welcome to On the Hop, a daily baseball podcast focused on delivering up-to-date news from around the league. Happy Memorial Day weekend. Hopefully you have some fun plans for the extended weekend and that the weather is favorable in your area. Don't forget to play some wiffle ball and launch some epic bat flips. All right, baseball talk. Let's begin. Very recently, we learned of Carter Stewart's decision to forego signing with the MLB club in favor of playing ball with Japan's Napon Professional League. Well, Stewart's agent, the infamous Scott Boris, is blaming Major League Baseball for his decision. According to thescore.com, here is what Boris had to say. Carter has a unique set of circumstances that placed him in a position where MLB placed a detriment upon him. There are only a few draft picks in this decade that are worth this consideration and treatment. But the blithe he suffered in the draft really created a scenario where the Japanese alternative is almost a necessity. He had no opportunity to get true value in the American system. He continues, This will have a great impact on baseball. Players now know that they have an alternative that is much more economically beneficial. These talents have a value, and we have a system that has depressed the value of these players. Now, my feelings on Boris are such that I equate him to one of those sleazy salesmen you see caricatured in movies. Like, if they actually existed, they looked just like Boris. Anyway, as much as I think Boris is extremely greedy, I mean, it's his job to get the biggest payday for his clients, and himself, of course, but he does have a point. I'm not an expert on the ins and outs of MLB contracts and draft picks and anything else related to that, but I can spot a crappy deal. And the one that Carter may have been forced to take with the MLB kind of stinked. According to SportsIllustrated.com, at 2.37 p.m. this past Tuesday, the Nationals announced that they had placed right-handed starter Jeremy Hellickson on the 10-day injured list with tendonitis in his pitching shoulder. By 3.15 p.m., about 38 minutes later, he was throwing long toss in center field. I feel good enough to pitch, Hellickson says a day later in the dugout, but it's not best for the team. So what does he mean by not best for the team? What does that actually mean? So Sports Illustrated writer Stephanie Epstein penned an article yesterday talking about fake injuries and whether the MLB can or actually should do anything about them. Here are a couple of her comments. Limited roster space means that clubs sometimes stretch the definition of injury so they can stash players without losing them to the minor leagues or to another team. If someone is tired or struggling, give him a week or two off to see if he can regain his stuff. But when the last collective bargaining agreement, which took place in 2017, reduced the minimum stint from 15 days to 10 days, injured list manipulation became the new pine tar on a pitcher's cap. No one wants to call attention to anyone else's abuse of it because everyone else wants to do it too. So I encourage you to take a look at the article. It's actually posted in my show notes in order to get the full details. It's a short, simple read, but something to think about as you go into the weekend. A couple days ago, I spoke about LSU's historic 17-inning loss to Mississippi State. Well, LSU was involved in another crazy game on the verge of losing again. With runners on second and third, one out, and trailing Auburn 3-2 in the bottom of the ninth, LSU's Chris Reed watched Auburn's Brooks Fuller pitch bounce in the dirt. Can't find the ball. They're going to try to score the tying run, and they do! And it gets away! LSU will walk it off! Oh my goodness! What just happened? According to NOLA.com, the ball bounced a few feet to the right, but Auburn catcher Matt Scheffler couldn't find it. He looked both ways. He turned around. He had no idea where the ball was. Meanwhile, LSU freshman Giovanni DiGiacoma, standing on third base, started and stopped, unsure of if Auburn would find the ball. Eventually, he took off and easily made it home to tie the game. 
but it wasn't over. Auburn first baseman Rankin Woolley sprinted over, slid to the ground, and grabbed the ball and threw it to Scheffler at home. Scheffler wasn't quite ready, and the ball flew past him. That sent Drew Blanco, who started at second base, around third base and home for the game-winning run to advance in the SEC tournament. Now, I love this time of year. The MLB is in full swing. Minor League Baseball is having players excel and show that they have what it takes. The college postseason is thriving. And heck, even some independent leagues are in the early stages of their seasons or at least opening in the next week or so. It's a great time to be a baseball fan, and college baseball fits the bill. And your list updates. Got a short list today. Perhaps I, I missed some, but I just wanted to highlight two items. ESPN reports that Indians ace Corey Kluber had the hard cast protecting his broken right arm removed, and the two-time Cy Young winner is healing as hoped. Kluber underwent imaging tests on Thursday, which show that his ulna is mending properly. Cleveland manager Terry Francona said that Kluber can begin range of motion and that he will be re-examined in two weeks. Now, the Indians currently sit in second place in the AL Central, eight games back of Minnesota, and just outside the final wildcard position. At one game above 500, eventually getting Kluber back could be the jolt that this team needs. But currently, I don't know of any team that's going to catch Minnesota. I had talked about Minnesota slowly fading, and we still have a long way to go, but maybe I'm wrong. And as suspected, the New York Mets announced yesterday that Jonas Cespedes underwent surgery and is likely to miss the remainder of the 2019 MLB season, according to Bleacher Report. With Jed Lowry still inactive, and Maine contributor Jeff McNeil on the injured list as well, and just getting swept by the Nationals, it's looking pretty gloomy in New York. Manager Mickey Calloway has his work cut out for him. In regard to Cespedes, moral of the story, don't own a ranch. I'm not sure if you've seen the Netflix original called The Ranch, but nothing seems to go right with them Bennett boys. Quick takes. In a slightly related transition, Tampa Bay's Kevin Kiermeyer legged out a three-run inside the park homer when Cleveland outfielders Oscar Mercado and Linus Martin collided. According to USA Today, with the Rays ahead 3-0 in the sixth, Kiermeyer hit a sinking liner to left field. Mercado and Martin converged on the ball before slamming into each other as they each made an all-out attempt at catching it. Mercado took the worst of the crash as Martin's left knee drove hard into his right hip as the two Indians players lay helplessly in the grass. The ball ricocheted toward the left field corner. Recalling the play, Kiermaier had this to say, I never saw the ball. At all. I was just running to run. At the time, I didn't know what was going on. I was so confused running the bases. I don't know what the heck happened. I asked my teammates, is that a homer? What just happened? First of all, I do hope that Mercado and Martin are okay. I tried looking for an update on the two, but nothing yet. But second of all, not being intentionally negative, just an observation with a question attached to it, are we really labeling this an inside-the-park home run? Are we that starved for headlines? If you go back and look at the play, you'll see that with proper communication, the ball would have landed right at the feet of the outfielders to be taking on a short hop. It would have been a single. I mean, if you see the ball, it ricocheted violently off of Martin's leg and into an unoccupied part of left field. At the same time, it's hard to call this a single with a three-base error. It was simply a misplay. But misplays don't exist in the box score. I don't know. I just feel it's unfair to categorize this inside the park home run with some of the legit ones. Maybe create a subcategory. I mean, that's what baseball needs, right? More numbers? According to the score.com, Minnesota, now the owner of baseball's best record, hit eight home runs for the second time this year during a 16-7 shellacking, I love that word, of the LA Angels yesterday. Not only did that tie the franchise single-game record, but it made the Twins just the second team ever, joining the 2005 Texas Rangers, to boast a pair of eight homer outings in the same season. The Twins also hit eight on April the 20th against the Baltimore Orioles, of course, and on August 29th, 1963 versus the Washington Senators. This offense is ridiculous. 
but can it be sustained? It'll be fun to watch. NBC Sports reports that Lucas Giolito was forced to speed up his pace near the end of his last start for the Chicago White Sox because of rain. The results were so good, he decided to try it again last night against the Houston Astros. The result? A four-hit complete game shutout. Here is what he had to say about his outing. In the last game in the fifth inning, I really picked up the tempo because it started to rain. I was like, why not just try and do that every time? So I was just getting in attack mode early, filling up the zone, and luckily I had my good stuff and we were able to mix sequences really well. It was a good one. It took him 107 pitches to completely lock down the hot streaking Astros. Today, the Toronto Blue Jays will call up highly touted prospect Kevin Biggio. Kevin, son of Hall of Famer Greg Biggio, is hitting 306, 440, and 507 with six home runs and 26 RBI in 41 games for AAA Buffalo. He also comes with defensive versatility, possessing the ability to play first, second, third, and the corner outfield spots, according to thescore.com. And this little factoid is interesting. According to TV sports broadcaster Hazel May, when Biggio and Guerrero Jr. put on Blue Jays uniforms today, it will be the first time ever that two sons of Hall of Famers are MLB teammates. And more exciting minor league prospect news. AZCentral.com reports that the Diamondbacks are on the verge of promoting AAA Reno slugger Kevin Cron. Cron is said to be meeting the club in San Francisco, where the Diamondbacks are opening a three-game series against the Giants today. While one source cautioned that Cron's addition to the roster is not yet a certainty, it seems more likely than not that he will make his Major League debut this weekend at Oracle Park. Let's see if this comes to fruition. And as I've said before, I'm enjoying all these prospects coming up rather early. It's exciting. It kind of keeps things going when some of the popular players in the MLB are are struggling or there's a ton of injuries. Just look at the Yankees and Nationals. This just keeps things exciting. I like it. And wrapping things up, Craig Calcaterra of NBC Sports wrote that the Angels and Twins were supposed to play in Anaheim last night, but that didn't happen. It had rained a couple hours before the game, causing puddles to form in the outfield. The grounds crew worked to remove water from the outfield, but conditions remained unplayable. The last time a home Angels game was postponed was on July 19, 2015. The last one before that was over 20 years earlier, June 16, 1995. 95 was 20 years ago? My goodness, that's depressing. It was only the 12th time in the 53-year history of Angel Stadium that a game had been called. Sounds like my kind of weather. But I assume that also means no snow in the winter, so never mind. California sucks. All right, let's close this thing out. So, no episode on Monday. I need a little break. But I still have that cool announcement to make that I mentioned on Twitter last week. It should happen around the middle of next week. It's an exciting opportunity for me involving podcasting and baseball, and I'd like to share it with you all. Anyway, please enjoy your Memorial Day weekend, and a huge thank you to all of those who have served and are currently serving in the U.S. military. You don't get thanked often enough. I tip my baseball cap to you this weekend. Thanks so much for tuning in to Friday's edition of On the Hop News. We will talk with you next week. Thank you.